Hello and welcome to the Christian Women in Business podcast show. We are an online community of Christian women in business and we are aligning our businesses with God. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Neeson, and I wanted to create a platform where women can come to be inspired, to learn from women who have been there and done that, and know what it's really like to run a business as a Christian and what it means to them. I would love for you to join us as we get into the meat of the word share the love of God, and grow our businesses like never before. For more information about becoming a member, visit our website, www.christianwomeninbusiness.com.au. Looking forward to sharing these podcasts with you and helping you to grow as a leader and a business owner like never before. Good day, it's SJ here. We are going through part two of our second lady that we want to learn about in our maiden business. Just wanted to let you know that this week we are open for intakes as well. So this is our first intake for 2018. We invite you, if you'd like to be a member of Christian Women in Business, head over to our website, um, click apply or join, uh, apply to become a member, and then we'll see you on the other side. How exciting. We've had the conference, now we're having intakes. 2018 is going to be great and we can't see you in there. Enjoy part two of Maiden Business. Hello and welcome to our workshop Maiden Business. This is very, very exciting. It's our first um, official Christian Women in Business workshop, uh, business bundle, whatever you would like to call it. Um, So we're excited to bring this to you and uh, we want to be exploring um, basically all about God and business and businesswomen in the Bible. So what you're going to need is your pen, notebook, journal uh, and Bible uh, just so you can take notes down and we've got reflections and, and other bits and bobs along the way. So our aim for this, uh, for Maiden Business, is to let Christian women know that it's okay for her to have and run a business. <laughs> it is biblical um, and people in the Bible did do it that you are worth having a business, um, how to connect God into your business and to know that it's okay to bring them both together. Um, I guess there's a whole philosophy in women and leadership and business um, and a a little bit of theology that we won't get into too much depth about, um, but just so you know that the basics are it's okay for you to have a business and to be a Christian, to believe in God and bring them all together. And to inspire women to know that it's their time to rise. So it's your time to rise. And God is just using us in the most amazing ways. So what you will learn. You'll learn to have confidence in yourself and who God's made you. You'll learn how to utilize your gifts from God. Um, You'll learn how to cope with comparison in a really superficial world, especially on Instagram. Um, You'll learn how to work through the tough times and how God is using the weaker sex to transform the world. So how are we going to learn this? So what subjects? So we've got um, the first subject is made in business um, owners and leaders in the Bible. Um, So we're going to be going through just two, uh, but there are so many and it's it's very, very encouraging. Um, Number two is your gift from God. Number three, comparison is the depth of creative death of creativity four don't be a spectator five persistence faithfulness and steady obedience 
Number six, it's our time, awakening of the weaker sex. And seven, maiden ladies are strategic. Now, bear with me when I put weaker sex there because I do have some method behind my madness and, you know, there's any feminists in there going, oh, we're not the weaker sex. Just <laughs> calm. <laughs> it's okay. Or we'll come to light. Um, because what if you look at the Bible and what God is actually doing in our world now, um, it's just awesome. And it, it kind of comes from being... We have an advantage of being not male. <laughs> anyway... We'll get into it, into that chapter. So yeah, there are subjects. So we've got seven to cover um, and they'll be coming out over the next few weeks. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can come together in this community and in this academy, Lord, and learn all about your word, all about business. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be open to what you will teach us through this, um, that we can say the right things to the women who need it, Father God, and bless them and encourage them and allow them to know that it's their rising time. And God, just to open their eyes to see the amazingness that they have. Um, for the people who are struggling to see their gifts, Lord, allow their eyes and their hearts to be open to the gifts that you've given them and show them how they can use them for the goodness of the kingdom, for the goodness of business and the kingdom economy, Father God. And we just pray this in your precious name. Amen. Let's get to it. Hello, it's me. How are you going? Sarah Jane here, founder of Christian Women in Business. And I have just um, come back from the Colour Conference uh, 2017 to date this video um, in Sydney. And uh, the theme was um, found in the field. So just a girl in the field. I wanted to share with you before I get into the next uh, video of Made in Business um, what our little gift was because I just thought it was kind of cute and cool. So the theme was, I don't know if you can see that, uh, but just a girl in the field. Um, and in this really pretty box was <laughs> gardening gloves. So, um, you know, you got to plow your garden and keep sowing your seeds. So put on my very pretty gardening gloves from Colour. I was actually thinking about maybe getting them framed. Um, ooh, <laughs> I'm not a gardener, so these um, probably going to be actually more helpful for me in the garden of business. Um, but that's okay. But I was thinking about getting them framed and just putting a little thing under it saying never never stop sowing in, in God's fields. Um, and then inside the box, if you see that, it says stand tall and flourish whenever he is, wherever he has planted you. For we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Um, and that's in the AMPC version. So that was pretty cool. Just wanted to share that with you um, since we are all about made in business and <clears throat> oh that's how they look in the box we're all about made in business and um we are girls out in the field doing our thing we've all got different fields we're all plowing and um sowing different seeds um but it's all just about being a real woman and um you know everyday women doing amazing things which is cool so um Welcome to Made in Business. 
series video two and um, this video we are going to be looking at Lydia who is a trader. So uh, we've been through this list kind of. So we've got Deborah, Fatina, Lydia, Priscilla, Mil Miriam, Hulda, Phoebe, Ruth, Esther, Mary of Nazareth, Martha is just to name a few of the women who were in leadership or who had businesses in the Bible or just did amazing things anyway. Um, so this time, this video, we're going to be learning about Lydia and Lydia is um, a trader. So she's actually known as the woman who was diligent in business, which is quite cool. Um, so we can learn um, quite a few things from Lydia. So Lydia was um, a woman with many hats. She was a trader and she was the first Christian to convert in Europe which I thought was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, she's a woman and she was the first to be converted um, and take on Jesus as her saviour in Europe. So what a woman. And then she opened her home to missionaries. So we're going to be looking into that. So if you've got your Bibles or your phone or whatever means, um, or if you just want to look at the screen, you can do, open it up to Acts 16, 1440. Um, and this is uh, all about Paul um, and basically his time in uh, Macedonia. So from 6, uh, Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of a name and another name, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So the Holy Spirit actually stopped them from um, going into Asia, which is quite interesting. When they came to the border of Messiah, Messiah uh, they tried um, to enter, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter there either, which is even more interesting. So they pressed by Messiah, or however you say it, sorry, um, and went down to Torahs. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man um, of Macedonia standing and, be, and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we, which here is interesting because this bit that I've just read is written like in third person and then suddenly after a comma, it's then put into constants of them writing it we got ready at once to leave from Macedonia including that God had called us to preach the gospel to them I just thought it was really interesting how that changed like that's just really 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 random that it was put in third contents and um and then suddenly they're talking and then it goes back Oh no, it stays in that they're, they're them talking still. I don't know what relevance that is. I didn't really look into it, but I just found it interesting. So from Taurus, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Shamothras. The next day on next day on to Napolis. From there we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district in Minnesota. Minnesota. Macus, sorry. Let's just put it here that I am not good at reading 
Greek names or Italian names or any names that aren't real English, as a matter of fact. So I'm just sorry about that. Um, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those, oops, yep, we're still on the same one. Um, so one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who was a worshiper of God? I just pray that Jesus would um, fill in my weakness right now of not being able to read these words. Uh, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And, and she persuaded us. So um, we've met Lydia now and we're just moving on to the second bit, which is probably a story that you guys might have heard of. Um, it's about the slave woman. So once they were going to a place of prayer where we met, they, once they were on, oh my goodness, once when we were going to the place of prayer where we met, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for our owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And in that, and in that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope in making money was gone, um, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into a marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and we're throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Nice one, guys. <laughs> and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. What, like, humiliation that is. Um, that, you know... They would strip them and then beat them. Like, that's just horrible. I can't imagine what that must have felt like for them. Like, to have your humility taken away and then to be beaten. For saving someone from an evil thing. Ugh. Anyway, God's got bigger plans. After they had been severely flogged. Like, severely flogged. They were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to stocks. So not only were they naked, not only had they been severely flogged, um, which is an English term, I think, but it's just horrible. It means that they were just beaten to a pulp, basically. They were thrown into like the middle of the inner cell. So like the place where they put maniacs. And on their legs and feet that had already just been battered, they were put in stocks. Like, oh my goodness. And in all of that, uh, at about midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Truly amazing. And the other prisoners was, was listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. How cool is it that even though they'd been beaten to death and they were probably quite hungry, they were singing hymns to God. An earthquake had come and all the doors had been opened. But they all stayed there and honoured what had been done to them. Like, amazing. Um, The jailer called for lights, rushed in and trembled before before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And in your household. And you and your household. Then they spoke the word to the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At the hour, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. How lovely is that? Oh, sorry. How lovely is that, that he took their, them then to his house and washed their wounds. And then they immediately, him immediately, like Paul was bruised, beaten, cold, been awake all night singing. They immediately, after he'd been looked after, baptized his family. Like, that's awesome. There's just so many meanings in this passage, but um, we're not going to get into all of them. We're just going to get into the bits that are relevant to Lydia and business but you know god just told shows us in here that even in business you can get flogged or in life and you can have bad things happen to you still keep praising god and still keep seeing um people being saved through it so even though these bad things are happening something good is still coming out of them um and he and his whole family were saved so Uh, When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer in order to release those men. The jailer told Paul, the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered you and Silas to be released. Now you can leave and go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without trial, even though we were Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out the officers reported this to the magistrates and when they heard Paul and Silas were Roman citizens they were alarmed they came to appease them and escorted them from the prison requesting them to leave the city after Paul and Silas came out of the prison they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and encouraged them and they left oh sorry that one's got brothers and sisters and encouraged them and then they left um so that's just taken us um basically through the story of Lydia in the bible so we're just going to go um and kind of get into Lydia and who she is and what she does so first of all this bible verse tells us that um one Something really important. It was women who gathered. Verse 13. Go and look. (laughs) Two. One of those women was Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth. That's verse 14. And then it goes on to say that she was a worshipper of God. So she hadn't found Jesus yet, but she was already a worshipper of God. 
And actually, I went to look at the message version of this because I think it's cool just to get different perspectives from different versions because they say different things. And I just found it really interesting. So we're only going to read this this section. So um, on the Sabbath, we left the city and went down along the river where we had heard there was to be a prayer meeting. We took our place with the women who gathered there and talked with them. One woman, Lydia, was from Thyatira and a dealer in expensive textiles, known to be a God-fearing woman. As she listened with intensity to what was being said, the master, so God, the king, gave her a trusting heart towards him and she believed. It's so cool how he touched her heart. After she was baptised, along with everyone in her household, (laughs) she said in a surge of hospitality, sorry if you can hear people doing their gardening, I can't help that. (laughs) Um, If you are confident that I am in this with you and believe in the master truly, come home with me and be my guests. We hesitated, they said, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. So what does the message version tell us as well? So one, they had heard that there was a prayer meeting. So someone or some people had already started organising a prayer meeting. They were running a church um, and they were in leadership. But two, it was women who had organised the meeting. So women at this time in a place where women weren't in leadership, they weren't allowed to have an opinion um, as such and it was kind of looked down upon, they created their own church and they were in leadership like, awesome. Um, Three, we learned that Lydia was was a dealer in expensive textiles so not just any textiles she didn't just pick any textiles she picked expensive textiles four we know she's already a god-fearing woman so she's already got god in her heart five we know the lord opened her heart to him so he could see that she was so intensely brought in by paul and the message of jesus and what they were talking about that she just could not keep her eyes off and God softened her heart with that. Six, she went straight to her household and tell them of her testimony like straight after she heard it and that's just like Fatina in the lady that we studied before. And seven, all her household was converted and they all got baptised. Now it doesn't say family here, it just says household. So she's still an influencer in her household and her team that she had around them, and she saved them. So I just thought it was really interesting that it didn't say family, it said household. So how do we know what Lydia how do we know that Lydia was wealthy and that she was diligent in her business? So um one, she's a dealer in purple cloth in the city. Um and a city that's full of trading already. So it was a really wealthy going on biz, um, going on city. And only the upper class could wear purple back in the day. So it's like a pel- purple velvet type material. 
and um, I'm sure that she took a huge markup in the cloth that she sold. So if we look at her business model, it's actually pretty awesome. So one, she kind of picked a prime place in her country where the water was perfect for dyeing clothes, dyeing cloth, and it was quite a vibrant selling city. So she saw an opportunity there. Uh, two, she had picked to sell purple cloth, the colour that all the people with money would want. So she knew straight away that she needed to pick a market where there was wealth in it. And then three, she actually didn't have to make the clothing or the cloth into clothing. She was just a dealer. The Bible said that she was a dealer. Um, there's in Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. So she just dealt with it. So she had it dyed, um, which I'm sure she probably skipped that. And all she had to do was sell it. So she was making her book from selling it. And that was it. Like she had someone dye it in the perfect place to go and dye cloth back then. She didn't have to bother dealing with um, dealing with the wealthy and making the cloth into clothing, she probably just sold that to someone who actually made clothes. So she was just putting her mark upon it and dealing it on. Like, that's just pure genius. What a woman. <laughs> so two of how do we know that Lydia was wealthy and was diligent in her business. She owned her own home. So we don't know if Lydia was a widow or how old she actually is, but we do know that there's no mention of family, husband or children. We're just told household. So that's why I think Paul actually hesitated in the message version that we've seen when she invited them to be guests because they're putting their horny old lady. <laughs> um, but it's just not a good look for guys to go into um, maybe a single woman's house back in the day and stay with them and she had them as guests. So if you were wealthy and... You had your own home back in the day. You generally would have a household that would have been made up of servants and maids. So what she'd done is something amazing had happened to her. She's got this amazing house that she owns, probably from buying it in her business, like from the money she made in her business. And she had servants and maids. And the first thing she did when she got saved where she helped save them, which is just awesome. So she went to them and told them about what had happened, shared her testimony, and her household got saved. Like God used another woman, a woman in business, to go and save her household, the immediate people around her. Like God just did not seize opportunities to use women back when women were frowned upon, if you like, um, and use them in an amazing way. So um, when she gave her heart to the Lord, so we know that she's rich, we know she's wealthy, we know she's got her own house, you know, we know that she's strategic in business. God, when she gave her heart to the Lord, God didn't tell her to stop or sell her business. So like we've seen and probably heard in other passages of, you know, the rich kid where God was like, sell all your wealth and... Um, then you can come into my home and it's that thing that's stopping you. His heart, God is looking at the hearts. So his heart was completely different to Lydia's heart. Lydia was open. She worshipped God already. 
she was in love with God. And as soon as she heard Paul talk about Jesus, she wanted it. And she was the first woman, first person in Europe who was a woman who got saved. Like, it's just a phenomenal story. And she was in business. <laughs> so instead, she opened up her home to the church and to Paul and his team. So she had this amazing home. She had all these amazing services um, that she could like absolutely spoil her guests with and that's exactly what she just did she just used her wealth to spoil the most amazing man um apart from Jesus and well one of the most amazing men in the new testament so if anything she was able to do more good because she had a business and because she had her wealth and helped god's people her heart was pure and righteous so one huge thing that I think is amazing is we've been told quite a lot that, you know, you have to, and you see it in the Bible as well, give up this and then you'll have God. But I don't think it was what they were doing that was necessarily wrong as long as they were doing it right by law and right by God. I think it's just more God is on about their hearts. And here's a fine example of a woman who is strategic, she's switched on, um, but her heart is completely righteous for God and completely pure. Jesus saved a woman in business. She was the first person in Europe to be saved and she had money and she used it for good. Like, amen. Hallelujah, as Bobby would say. Um, like God completely went against the grain of anything in that culture. And in today's culture still, like, it's still like a woman in business. Ooh, that's scary. But we're not scary, man. <laughs> Especially if we've got amazing hearts for righteousness and are pure and just want to help God's kingdom. Like, what an awesome opportunity we have in our hands. And God sees that. God sees out of the box. He's an out of the box God. He's given us some guidelines. And then Jesus came and what man had made, he completely flipped upside down and his followers from that completely respected women right they heard of a prayer meeting that was run by women and they went to it that's where they hung out when they were there it's just cool sorry <laughs> so when we get to the slave girl from chapter 16 I swear if I was on stage right now I would probably be sweating and pacing up and down because Man, that just spoke out to me when I was getting ready for this. It was so cool. Anyway, slave girl. From chapter 16, we then hear of a slave girl. So here God gives us an actual perfect example of what happens to us if our businesses, uh, to our businesses, if we do have a bad heart. So, um, and that's with the slave girl. So here we have a couple who were using a demon in a slave girl to fortune tell and make money out of. And um, basically, Paul got sick of it and he ended it. And, um, you know, they were just, well, they were heartbroken because they had no money and Paul had taken that away. Um, so basically, if you are doing that something that's not good in the heart and not good for the right of God, Paul will get sick of it, Jesus will get sick of it, and they'll lend it for you. God will lend it for you. Or he'll just try and teach you a big lesson. Um, and then 
he went back to the lady who does have the right heart and at the very end after all that bad stuff had happened to him because of these people who um bad for him but it's kind of cool because then other people got saved for it so um we'll forgive them but basically the principle is if you do something bad god knows about it and it will be brought to light um and it's an opportunity to save people (laughs) but at the very end of um chapter 16 after paul and silas came out of the prison they went to lydia's house so they went back to lydia's house where they met with brothers and sisters, and they encouraged them. So Paul didn't tell her to stop doing a business. He didn't tell them to stop doing what they were doing. He didn't tell them to get rid of all their house belongings and sell everything. He encouraged them. Like, Paul gets it. It's truly awesome. So what can we learn from Lydia in this story? These are my findings, and if you've learned anything else, I encourage you to go over this again and again and ask God to bring to you a revelation of what he wants you to learn out of this. But this is just what I learned out of it. So, one, it's okay to be a woman, to be in leadership, and to have a business, and God and Paul is completely cool with that. Two, not all wealthy people and business owners have to give their business or money up to follow Christ. In fact, it it's better to have it and to bless God's ministries with what you do have and what an awesome opportunity. And with Christian Women Business, I completely see that the more members I get in the community, in the academy, for the membership, the more we as a movement can bless other people. So we've put um, what our goal is for the next few years to raise money that we want to raise through the memberships to then... um, put into social justice and into God's kingdom but I just see the mindset of the more members I have it's completely a win-win situation we get to invest in the business owners in the ladies we get to invest in them in their businesses we get to support we get to encourage them exactly what Paul did encourage and at the same time with the money that they're investing in themselves into Christian women in business we can also then invest into social justice and into the kingdom like it's just amazing can't see I can't wait to see what God does and what we can help with and how many lives we'll see saved through what we're doing and not all the money is going to go just to social justice because we still have to run the business but just the mindset of the opportunity that we have um with our businesses is just awesome so three um which is basically what i've just said but you can use what you've got uh what use what you've made in business to bless the kingdom through hospitality through leadership through sharing what god has blessed you with like there's just so many ways four god will guide you through the holy spirit um that's before we start to learn about lydia it is paul just gives us an example and I didn't go into it too much but how about when you follow the the Holy Spirit um, and let him lead you in your business great opportunities will come out of it so try and keep an open ear for it five God will stop your biz if you're not doing the right thing he's all over that six it's actually okay to sell luxury items and make a profit and be strategic with it this is a perfect example Lydia has given us a perfect example 
of how to be strategic with our businesses and that you don't have to just because you're Christian you don't have to have the cheapest services you don't have to give away things for free um you can essentially take from the rich and give to the poor and do it legally awesome opportunity (laughs) um seven Lydia made God her priority her priority and managed that within her business so she made time to go to prayer meetings. She made time to learn about God um, and was absolutely captivated within him when she heard about Jesus. So we know that she made him a priority and God honoured her with that. And then she served God in her business. So with all the things that she had from her business, she was able to serve God with them. So Some people feel like they don't have time, they don't have money, they don't have resources or whatever it is. Try and be really creative in your business about how you can serve God in it. We might not have like a palace of a house, you know, with 10 rooms, but you might be able to invite someone over for dinner. Or if you hear of a missionary coming to your church, put your hand up to have them stay over at your house and bless them. Um... There's just so many different ways that you can serve God in your business. Um, So let's end with some reflection. So with your journal and with your Bible, write down what else you've learned from Lydia's story um, and how that impacts you and your business. How can you be more hospitable to God through what you have made with your wealth? Do you give yourself permission for God to make you wealthy so that you can bless the kingdom? Interesting question. What fears are stopping you from doing that? Even more interesting. So be really, really open to what God wants to share and bring up with your fears and ask God to take you through that. Where is it coming from? Why do you have these fears? And finally, know that God wants you to have a business. As a woman... And Jesus is using us women um, like the most strategic way and strategically in the world. We have so much opportunity to do amazing things with it. And as it comes to light and as we keep going through this, um, it just becomes more and more of a revelation to myself who started a movement for women with a kind of, not a vague idea, it was a strong idea, but now God is just confirming so much how much we are going against the grain of what has been taught and how it's our time to rise and all these examples of amazing women that have do that and how we can do that. So I hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you in the next video. Sarah Jane here. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'd love it if you could please share this podcast with your friends. Please rate our podcast on iTunes. And for more information about becoming a member of Christian Women in Business, head over to our website, www.christianwomeninbusiness.com.au. Catch you next time.